Hi, this is Jess Porter. Welcome to The List. I am speaking today with Hiram Pines, who I have known since the first day of freshman year of college. Hiram, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Jessica, um, thank you uh, so much for having me. And, uh, and actually, and, and it's hopefully it's not sort of cutting to the chase, but I'm, uh, I'm grateful to be here. Oh, that is cutting to the chase, but I love it. The more gratitude, the better. I'm in California, and you're in Germany. Can you just tell me That's right. how long you've been in Germany? Sure. I, I, I've been in, in Germany and in Berlin specifically since um, late 2019, about yeah, December 2019. And so I was back and forth between New York and Germany for about a year and more before that. Like 2019, it already sounds like it's dating. It's like it sounds like a long time ago. It doesn't feel like that long ago. But experience of time and space has been has been altered by the pandemic. And and I did yeah. arrive here just a couple of months uh, before the pandemic. Yeah, it wasn't so bad. It wasn't so bad being here. Right. Has it changed since? What's going on right now? I mean, let me just describe where we're at in the pandemic for me on the American side. I'm in California. I'm waiting for my second vaccination shot. You know, a lot of people have been vaccinated. And it feels like the world is opening up. How does it feel over there? Um, quite different from my perspective. We've been in a lockdown, which hasn't changed since early November. It feels like nothing is changing. It feels like nothing is, is opening. It's this kind of stasis, which is kind of becoming more and more miserable by the day. And, you know, and you can catch it in the news and wherever you get your news source about the, the approach to vaccination in Germany and really EU as a whole, as opposed to the States or Britain or Israel. And it's the result of it is that the vaccine rollout here has been, been very slow and very delayed. And it's not even really clear what to do or where to go mm. for vaccination. At least it's not to me. And I kind of lightly monitor different Facebook groups like, you know, expats in Berlin or Americans in Germany. 50, at least like half the conversation is about vaccination. And a lot of that conversation is about people flying back to the States to get vaccinated. Mm. I met an Israeli couple here. I mean, they live in Berlin. But in February, they took themselves as a family of four back to Israel to get vaccinated. Mm. So, so that's happening a lot. Earlier this year, you sent me something that you had helped create called Connection Cards. And, and I have them on my kitchen table. And they are a, a box of how many are there altogether? 120. And each yeah. card has a photograph and a word that is a value. That's what you've described as a value in life, like listening or patience or expansion. Right. And they're so – let me just tell you my experience of them, and then I want to get the story behind them. I don't 
flip one over every day because I don't necessarily interact with that part of my home every day. But every time that I do, I just randomly take a card like it's a surprise, turn it over, and get, I mean, it's kind of, I mean, I've never worked with like angel cards or anything where people, you know, have, because I just don't like that stuff. (laughs) But I like these. I really, really like these because they're grounded and they're human and they just remind you of some like valuable element of being alive and for that day or for that moment, I can focus on that facet of being alive, like listening or, you know, like I said, expansion, love. So what's the story behind them? <laughs> what's the story? Yeah. So the, the connection cards are just one opportunity to, to be with or, or grow in ourselves or to think about or meditate what it essentially means to be human. What are the things that, that nourish us? And I, I think what we, what we can take with us, to find sources of inspiration and, and connection. Is that too deep? No, man. It's, it's, a, it's perfectly deep. <laughs> Great. Yeah, and I, and I, I think there's a, a depth to them or just reality to them or uh, hopefully common sense um, mm-hmm. as well. Younger generations or it could be really anyone could say like, huh, okay, like, well, I don't quite get it or, or who cares? And well, that's exactly right because, because what this is speaking about, what we're speaking about and the essential qualities or values of what it means to be human, there actually fundamentally is no cultural recognition for. You will not get an award. Mm. I mean, people might say nice things about you in public, but this, this, this work, in a sense, or this, these considerations, or this location in oneself, has no external recognition to it, I think, as a first principle whatsoever. And, and while, you know, in the 120 connection cards, there are, you know, maybe some of the big ones or obvious ones, like love or compassion or co- and, you know, kindness, peace, things like this. As you mentioned, there's, there's many others, like listening. You're like, listening, um, hmm, okay, yeah, yeah, got that. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but... this is all inseparable from listening because how does one in a sense register the inner vibrations or the inner conversation in oneself as Mm. to what makes life what makes life worth living and Mm. and that can be different things for different people and we're going to talk about some of that and it's a range because you know blueberries make life worth living (laughs) because Blueberries, I mean, God, I'm so happy God made those. God made blueberries. And, yeah, makes sense to me. Um, (laughs) All right, well, I think um, it's time to do the list. Yeah, okay, well, you're in charge. (laughs) Okay, I'll start. My friend Ernie has gone away for a week, and he has asked me to take care of his cat. 
So I have this kitty cat in my house this week. She's just so cute. Her name is Zazu. She's gray, kind of like a Russian blue sort of color, and tiny. So she's never, mm-hmm. you know, for whatever reason, she's just a small cat. And I've known her for years now. And I expected when I brought her in here, I was like, well, you know, cats are very territorial, and it'll freak her out to have moved spaces, so I'll just keep her in my bedroom for the first day. And I put her in my bedroom, and it took about 10 minutes, and she was like, uh, excuse me, there's, there are other rooms to this house. I'd really like to explore them, please. So she has taken over the house, and I haven't had my own cat for like six or seven years now, and um, one of the most amazing parts of it, having a pet in general, is just it opens up a circuit of energy in me that otherwise doesn't open all that often. You know, it's kind of like the pandemic, there's a certain circulatory system in me around people, around acquaintances, around parties, around going to movies. Just that circulation in the world represents a certain circulation in me. And kind of like tennis uses different muscles than wrestling or different muscles than dancing, a pet opens up a different energy than people do. And I've been experiencing that over the last couple of days. It's only just opening. I mean, I love her. I always have. So it's not like I'm miserly about my affection. But really relaxing into that opening in me is taking a little while. But it feels so good to just connect, um, speaking of connection, with this little beast in my house. That's my first. Wow. Fantastic. Um well, just the first thing that comes to mind is that I'm grateful for the birds that I can hear singing. It's strange in the sense that I never, never tire of it. And I don't, it would seem then, after all these years, that I probably never will tire of it. I could go along on a long time just about birds. And, and fortunately, even in Berlin, there's a fantastic bird song. So, lucky me, lucky me. I want to, I'm going to double down on the birds and just say, I didn't really appreciate the sound of birds until, I don't know, last five, six, seven years. And I remember when I moved from one place to another, you know, when you're you're finding a new place to live and you kind of have your bottom lines about what is important and what isn't. and, And one of mine was I have to be able to hear the birds. And... I did end up, you know, moving somewhere where I heard birds. And now I've moved again and I hear even more birds. And the thing that I've noticed about bird song is that if you really listen to each individual sound, it isn't even technically a sound that you would consider good. Like I think you could interpret some of them as not beautiful, and yet they are. And what I mean by that is that it blows my mind that the human brain and bird song are definitely there's a symbiotic relationship there. It's like they happen at this weird frequency that is so pleasing. It's a set of sounds distinctly like a key going in a lock of our brain to cause us to feel expansive and happy and sort of released into the atmosphere. Because it's cool, man. 
it's just cool, and I'm so grateful to live in a place where there are a lot of birds, and I hear them all day, all day. So thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, anytime. But I think the next, next on my list, and, and it's been increasing just even the past couple of years, is I'm grateful for different states, for different states of, of, of being an experience, and I'm like, I'm really into um, in between states, between like awake and asleep. Mm. And, 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 I, and, I, and I'm really grateful for like spending time in them and hanging out in them. You know, it doesn't happen so much when one is going to sleep at night, like you kind of go down or let go or you want to go to sleep. And so then you're out. Um, but it happens quite a bit in the morning, you know, part conscious, part unconscious, part semi-conscious. Things get funny. Things get messed up. Things aren't always so real. You're not sure what's real. Mm. And I love that. And, and so maybe what I'm also saying is, is I'm grateful for the semi-conscious. I'm, I'm grateful for an in-between space where things are fuzzy. Wow. You know that space between waking and sleeping is called a hypnoidal state which I always I thought was interesting because it's sort of, yeah, it leans on hypnosis. I mean, same sort of place. Yeah, I'm always amazed when I wake up that my whole being has to take like five or ten minutes to completely regather itself and be like, I'm Jessica Porter. I live in California. <laughs> I'm 54 years old. This is Sunday. I'm about to do X. And it's like, and I've asked other people. Yes. I'm like, when you wake up in the morning, do you have to like redo your whole life? And they're like, no, I just go bang into my day. And there's none of that. But for some of us, I think it's no, like no, a rebooting good, of the system. This is good. It, it is a process. It's a, it's a process. And, 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 and I think then the question to ask is that it, in the, in you assembling the pieces of like temporal and physical reality, your identity, like it's a process. I would be wary if, Someone's just like, yeah, get up, boom, done. It's like because, but like, I um, think those people might fall apart a bit at night. Like, I believe there are absolute hardwiring around night people and morning people. And hmm. I think the people who wake up like bang in the morning sort of deteriorate if they don't go to bed. Like, if you keep them up too late, they. They would do the reverse. Oh yeah, no, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. And and both and both you and I are tend more towards being night people and not morning people. And and those people, it's like you want to have a conversation with them at nine, and they're like, "No, I'm done." I'm like, "What do you yeah. mean you're done?" Totally. Like it's nine. They they are Come disintegrating. <laughs> like, yeah. Here's what I love. Like, have you ever woken up in the morning and, and not known where you are? Yes. At all. Right. I've definitely had that happen and it might be because whatever, I mean, you're in a new home or you're on vacation or just mm -hmm. whatever. And then mm -hmm. your, your system, not just your brain, your whole system starts racing through. Like it's like pictures flash in front of you. Like is what I'm looking at, does this match my childhood bedroom? No. Teenage mm -hmm. bedroom? No. Mm -hmm. College bedroom? No. He's like, boom, 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 boom. Like who am I? Where am I? How do I, am I? how did I get here? And then it's like, mm -hmm. boom like here in the present moment. Well, I love that. I'm grateful for those in-between spaces. It's like 
when you soak jars, glass jars in hot water and it sort of like loosens the label and it sort of like floats off into pieces in the sink. I, I'm grateful for whatever allows that to happen with the, with the ego and an identity. Wow, great image. I am grateful that as humans, we are basically a flock of birds or a school of fish. We don't think we are. We think we're more special than that. We think we're more different than that. We think we're more opposed to one another than that. And certainly, we have different cultures. Like I remember in one year, I think it was 2010, I was in South Africa, Japan, and Israel. Wow. And yeah. you kind of couldn't get three more different places than that. I mean, I'm sure you could. There's lots of places I didn't go. But, I mean, even Japan and Israel were so, this is like humans doing humanity so differently. And yet, yeah. all around the world, we've decided to gather. Like, I live in a city of nine million people. And it's a peaceful place. I mean, sure, there's a murder here and there. I mean, I'm not trying to minimize it, but sure, there's robberies here and there. Like, there are, you know, aberrations within what is a miraculous display of goodwill, a miraculous display of our inner desire to live in harmony with one another. That's our default. And it has been for our entire history. Now, I'm not suggesting it wasn't more violent 10,000 years ago, but we didn't manage to destroy ourselves. In fact, we've done the opposite. We've learned how to more and more live together. Now, ultimately, when resources get pushed, that's when people become, you know, in conflict with one another. Happens when there's a scarcity of resources. And we may be getting to that with climate change. We may see ultimately like things get pushed to the wall and that will be scary, but we will adapt and we will adapt and this school of fish or this flock of birds will move kind of with a collective intelligence back to its default, which is to live in relative harmony. So it's a, it's a pitch for, you know, not getting too attached to the news, not getting too attached, because the news just sells conflict, you know, and it's there to be sold. But the bigger picture, <laughs> the historical picture is like, oh, my God, you know, we may, you know, think Russia is antithetical in its values to the United States or to North America, but we have managed not to bomb the crap out of each other for almost 80 years. The, the overarching sentiment is everyone stay safe, stay peaceful, protect the next generation, and find a way to live together. That's what we do, and I'm very grateful for that. You sort of trust it, you can surrender to it. And when I look at that, it makes me like people more, it makes me trust life more, and just trust that uh, in spite of ourselves, we want peace. 
Hmm. <laughs> Something I'd want to sit with for hmm. a few minutes. It doesn't make for good listening, but that's okay. You can edit it out. <laughs> right. I am absolutely grateful for for uh, for movement, for the for mobility. Mm. I I love that these bodies that we live in move and how they move and the fact that they move. And and I know that recently as well because um, now a couple of years ago. I was in a not, I mean, a relatively minor uh, motorcycle accident. I was riding a motorcycle and got thrown from it and, mm. and did fractured my kneecap, tore ligaments in my knee, and so was immobilized for, for a few months. And also, I, I'm grateful for the fact that it's completely healed. Absolutely. Mm. But, but the, the, almost yeah. the sort of the deep, the, the, almost the deep, almost terror and, and sadness and grief um, while I was healing and while I was immobilizing because there was an open question as to how well it would heal. I couldn't imagine not being able to, to run, to run as fast as I wanted to. I couldn't, be able, I couldn't imagine not being able to dance. I, I couldn't imagine limping for the rest of my life. And I don't mean to sound obnoxious in this, in a sense like I couldn't have been able to deal with it, whatever I would have been able to deal with, whatever. And, and we all deal with different challenges, and certainly where mobility is concerned, but that doesn't make it any less of a gift. And that doesn't make it any, it doesn't make me any less thankful or grateful for it. Yeah, I mean, I'm so glad you said that without completely repeating it, although I feel the same thing. I'm just going to extend it and say, I'm grateful for yoga. Yoga is one of those things that I always say, I started doing yoga long before I needed to. And I did yoga from my early 20s for maybe 10 years. And I'm not saying I didn't need to at that time, but you know, you're super duper flexible anyway. And you're kind of super strong naturally anyway. And so I didn't really know what it was for, except that I enjoyed it. And then I stopped. I mean, not this hard stop for any reason, but I just got into other things or got lazy or whatever it was. And and so I was sort of reintroduced to yoga much later when I finally needed it. And I'm just blown away at how even 10 or 15 minutes of stretching informs the rest of my day consciously. Like I notice, oh, I'm standing differently. Oh, I'm breathing differently. Oh, I'm, you know, just went up the stairs engaging different muscles than I would have if I hadn't done those 15 minutes of yoga. And for something that's so simple, that requires no equipment, that requires no money, that is literally done on a two-by-six mat, it is 
insanely powerful. There's certain things in life, like I think your bed should cost like $50,000, given how much time you spend on it and how important it is. I think your toothbrush should cost about $2,500. I think brown rice should cost $1,000 a pound for what it actually delivers. And yoga, we should all have to pay like $100 for every minute of yoga that we given how much it delivers. I mean, I'm grateful none of those things are actually charged at those rates, but that's the value. So yoga, and I don't do it enough, and I wish I did it every single day, but whatever. I'm grateful for, I'm grateful for perfect moments, which one rarely ever sees coming. Or maybe I'm grateful for timing, which also... It's like, you know how the best things that have ever happened to you in your life, well, I'll speak for myself. The best things that have ever happened to me in my life, I had absolutely no control of, nor do I didn't predict. And yet, something brought me to the right, to be in the right time at the right place. Mm -hmm. We never, in a sense, know really what's going to happen tomorrow or the next moment. It's unknown. And, and I think one's relationship, in a sense, then to the future is, is one of feeling, perhaps one of tuning, one of listening, one of almost stupidity, because, again, it's like mm. of kind of being dumb and, and getting out of the way and being the beneficiary of something else. I'm, I, I know it's a kind of a jumble, but I'm grateful for perfect moments. You never know when they're going to happen. And they can be such life simple pleasures, um, mm. like a cafe on a sunny spring day at 11 in the morning, like the perfect cup of coffee, the perfect moment, the perfect croissant, which will never be pr- repeated because it's not, mm. you know, the food or the drink, da 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 It's things coming together in a moment. I'm grateful for timing. I'm grateful for serendipity. I'm grateful for everything good that has been gifted to me that I have had absolutely no control of whatsoever. Thank God. Thank God I didn't try to control things most of, some of the time. <laughs> 